Welcome to the podcast of Outpost Church in McLaren Vale. This week, we are hosting a discipleship training week, and our focus is the spiritual disciplines. And this is our second year of running the Discipleship Training Week, and we are pumped. It's our first year of offering the content from the DTW uh, on our podcast, and we hope that it's encouraging for you. We hope that it helps to equip you uh, to live a life of intimacy with Jesus Christ. How many of you guys know it's... um Pretty easy to be critical. Have you found that? I find it's um, relatively easy to pick a hole in somebody or, you know, a team that you're part of or a boss that you have. Or But um, we're not to be like that, right? Like we're meant to build cultures of honour, yeah? That's what we can do. And um, it's really powerful, really dynamic when you can actually build a culture where you're honouring people, where you're actually speaking life over them um, it's not easy i can remember you know, I'm, I'm a i love the footy yeah who's who's into the footy any any cards caught us here zero hey jillian hey. um and i can remember mickey malthouse who came over to co- uh, coach carlton and he said everybody has something to say until they're in the seat themselves yeah until they're in the, the head coach seat and you you know you can, you can say whatever you like about Shane and Christy or about Alex or whatever until you're in the seat, until you've actually understood what it feels like to, to be in that seat yourself and understand the, the weight, the, the way you carry things. Um, so, you know, we need to build cultures of honour, guys. And often we're not very good at that, especially Aussies. You know, we love to cut people down and speak negatively and so on. But let's build cultures of honour. You guys are all part of different cultures some here, outpost, your workplace culture. What kind of culture do you build? If you're a young leader, what kind of culture are you building? Because one day you will be that person that gets to reap what you've sown in terms of that sort of leadership dynamic. Yeah, are you with me? All right, enough of that. I've got a video for you. I'm on. Ready for this? <laughs> this is um, featuring Shane Rayner. It happened again. <gasps> I thought it was behind me, but... The dreams came back. I was up all night. I can't eat. I can't sleep. What's wrong? It haunts me. Nothing? Oh, Stephen, not this again. I forgot about it for years, but then I remembered that Avatar, the giant international blockbuster, Use the papyrus font as its logo. Avatar, the movie from like nine years ago? Yeah. He just highlighted Avatar, he clicked the drop down menu, and then he just randomly selected papyrus. Like a, like a thoughtless child just wandering by a garden, just yanking leaves along the way. And so now you're worried about the sequels that are coming out? They're making more? Yes, well, I think I heard that one. Did they change the artwork? They fixed it. Um, it looks similar. He just got away with it. This man, this professional graphic designer, was it laziness? Was it cruelty? You showed me this before. I don't even think this is literally papyrus. Maybe that was the starting point, but they clearly modified this. But whatever they did, it wasn't enough! <laughs> and now here I am doing what I vowed to never do again. Sitting outside his house, hoping to catch a glimpse of him, to see him do his little things, live his insane little life. I think about it every time I see papyrus. Okay, where else do you even see this font? Hookah bars, Shakira merch, <laughs> off-brand teas. <laughs> My God, are you okay? What happened? 
Do you remember the Abbott Car logo? Uh, yeah, it was tribal yet futuristic. Papyrus! <laughs> uh, sure. Little bit of comic relief there, featuring Shane, Ryan Gosling, AKA. I think it was Christy that actually introduced me to that video. And um, the topic is journaling, so I thought about papyrus. That was the, the, the really loose link, you know. And I think that I was chatting to a friend the other day about journaling, and I'd asked him, you know, do you journal? And um, I was kind of inferring that, you know, to you know, be a bit of a journaler, carried some level of spirituality to it, you know. And um, he said to me, no, I don't really journal. I've given it a crack and I'm not into it all that much. And he reminded me that Jesus didn't journal. I don't know if you guys um, have thought about that, but I think that if Jesus did journal, it would have been in papyrus. That would have been the font that he would have, <laughs> he would have been using. Um, all right, so I'm talking about journaling today. Um, I don't know how, uh, Shane and Christy asked me to speak about this. I guess you guys figured out that I was a bit of a journaler. Um, and um, I guess the, the, the theme this week is spiritual disciplines, yeah? And, um, you know, the spiritual disciplines are a means to an end, yeah? Like they're not an end in themselves, right? What, what is the end that we are thinking about when we talk about spiritual disciplines? Any takers? Intimacy with God. Intimacy with God. Bang on. Yeah? Yeah? It's not... So, so Shane, my brother, is a Microsoft Excel master. Is anybody here really good at Microsoft Excel? Like a, I'm always amazed at these people. Shane's really good. And, and Microsoft Excel has these if statements in there. If this, then that, yeah? Like if you punch this code in, it's gonna spit out that. And I think as Christians, sometimes we like really good formulas, you know? If this, if I journal, then I will have, you know, if I pray, I will have, you know, we like these sort of formulas, but God, I think really God likes to mess with those sort of formulas, yeah? Like he desires intimacy with us. He wants to walk with us a beautiful, deep, compelling, amazing relationship, yeah? Uh, one of the verses that really grabbed my attention in my early walk with the Lord was uh, in Exodus 33, where Moses is talking to God face to face as a man does his best friend. Like, I want you to just picture that tent for a moment, yeah? Moses cruises into the tent and he is talking face to face with God as a man does a best friend. It's like an amazing picture, yeah? And God invites us into that kind of relationship, into that kind of intimacy. So the, um, so the disciplines are a mechanism for us to walk into that, um, to that place. Which Bible's there? Flip open to John 10.10. 10. I'm sure some of you guys know this off by heart. Yeah? We've got a few different versions going on here. Can I get a volunteer? John 10, verse 10. Good one. Another version? Oh, is the NIV, yeah? incredible picture of what Jesus came for, yeah? He came to give us everything in abundance. It's not necessarily a prosperity gospel here, but this abundance of life, like the Passion Translation says, give you everything in abundance more than you expect. Life in its fullness until you overflow. Like, that's the heart of God. Like, is anybody interested? You know? Would you like everything in abundance more than you expect and life 
uh, in its fullness until you overflow. Um, this book here, Richard Foster's Celebration of Disciplines. Anybody reader who likes to read? This should be like in your top 10, I'd recommend. This guy, it's an old school book. It's probably, I think it was written in the late 70s, early, um, early 80s. And um, he breaks down the spiritual disciplines from like inward disciplines to corporate disciplines and so on. It's an incredibly powerful book. Uh, the Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. Um, he's, a, he's like a Quaker. I don't really know what that means. I just know about Quaker oats. That's about all I can say about that. But um, all I can say is it's just an absolutely cracking book. Um, and uh, I want to read this little piece to you about disciplines. So the Apostle Paul says, He who sows to his flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. You got that? So he who sows to his flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. That's Galatians 6, 8. So Paul's analogy is instructive. A farmer is helpless to grow grain. All he can do is provide the right conditions for the growing of the grain. He cultivates the ground, he plants the seed, he waters the plants, and then the natural forces of the earth take over and up comes the grain. Yeah? This is the way it is with the spiritual disciplines. They are a way of sowing to the spirit. The disciplines are God's way of getting us into the ground. They put us where he can work within us and transform us. By themselves, the spiritual disciplines can do nothing. They can only get us to the place where something can be done. Yeah, They are God's means of grace. The inner righteousness we seek is not something that is poured on our heads. God has ordained the disciplines of the spiritual life as the means by which we place ourselves where he can bless us. Is that okay? Did you get most of that? The disciplines are a grace. They're like sowing into the ground. God does the work, but the disciplines are the grace. Yeah. So whether it's fasting or prayer or journaling or whatever it is, these are just methods or, or mechanisms by which God can pour out what only he can do, yeah? So, so I'm a journaler, um, and uh, a few years ago I was vi uh, visiting my bro in Tassie, Mickey Boy, and um, this was the journal I had at the time. If you, if you do get into journaling, you probably should try and write the papyrus font and get like a kind of sexy looking journal, you know, just kind of. Feels good, you know, why not, you know? So I had this, uh, this journal, and um, all I do with my journals is I just write my name and my phone number in them because they are precious to me, yeah? And Mickey Boy picked me up in Hobart, and I was off down the freeway, and bring, the old phone rings, and it's um, Jetstar saying, Mr. Giltman, we have your journal. I left my journal in the pocket seat of the old uh, uh, Jetstar plane, so I'm like, Mickey Boy, we've got to go back. I'm not, I'm not leaving my journal now. Uh, who is really going to be interested in this? I mean, maybe my daughter, Sarah, might be interested in reading this many years from now. <laughs> but in reality, who, like, who is this, who's going to value from my journal? No one really. But for me, like, this is incredibly precious. Like, this is my life, my soul. This is a place of, of deep sort of vulnerability for me. So I turned with my bro back to the airport and grab my journal. And um, for me, journaling is about conversation with God, yeah? There are some people, and look, there's no judgment in this space, there's some people who journal kind of blow-by-blow blow account, like today I got up and, you know, I brushed my teeth and I had a really lovely poo and, you know, it was just, and the sun was shining, the birds were chirping and it was really, really good. And then I got in my car and worked my way through first, second and third gear and down the highway I went and it was just a lovely drive, you know, and I saw a grey Corolla. And, you know, I'm exaggerating for effect, but the reality, you know what I mean? We're writing kind of blow for blow. For me, my journals start as conversations and finish as conversations with God. Like I'm talking to the Lord in this space, yeah? And, and when you think about talking, or when you think about communication, what do you think about? What, what are the dynamics of healthy communication? Talk to me. Listening. Yeah. Honesty. Yeah. Yeah. Understanding what you heard. Yeah. Asking 
for listening. Just throw them out to me again. Honesty, questions, vulnerability. Yeah. Anything else? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. You sound like you've got experience, hello. Yeah. The dynamics of an intimate relationship. Do you have an intimate relationship with God? You know, when you think about these things, it's not to condemn you. Like, what is your, how does your relationship with God kind of reflected in these sorts of words? Do you listen to him? I'm going to jump around in my teaching and I've told Christy she has to stop me because sometimes I just ramble and then I'll like ramble for too long and then it'll be way too late. So, um, so for me, listening is one of the most critical components of my journaling experience. Now, um, so I stop and I actually write listening and then I stop and I listen and I, I just quiet my spirit and I ask the Lord to speak to me. Yeah. I believe that God wants to speak to us. Some people don't. Some people believe there was the cessation of the gifts and God stopped speaking. You know what I mean? The apostles came and the apostles went and God just went and, you know, said, I'm done. I'm not talking anymore, which is like weird theology to me. We can talk about that later if you don't agree with that. But to me, God is speaking all the time. Yeah? You don't have to agree with me, but you could probably say, Yeah. Like creation speaks, like God's word is his, it's like he, he speaks to us. So I will open up my journal and I'll, I'll be listening. And usually I'll, I'll, I'll start with scripture too. So I'll, I'll open up the word and I'll just begin to write scripture. You know, I've got, this is my well-loved um, passion translation of Proverbs and, and, uh, and Psalms. It's just, a, I, it's been a wonderful place for me to go. And I will just open this up. And just as different things come, I just write them, I write them down. So God's already speaking to me, yeah, through his word. And then I just begin to listen. And I'll write in faith what I believe God is speaking. Now, that takes time and practice to some extent. Some years ago, I was invited to speak in a um, discipleship training school in Perth with YWAM. And um, yeah, hello, did one over, over there too. And there was about 30 students on this school and I, um, I just wanted to pray and get a word for each of the students, just ask God what he wanted to say to, to these guys. And so in the back of this particular journal, if you have a look, I've got some, you probably can't see it, but I've got names here. And I just would write their name out and just sit and wait on the Lord and just begin to write what I felt like the Lord spoke. There's a young guy named Journey and I don't think he would mind me reading this if he was here this is what i wrote about journey as a young american dude kind of stocky lad with long hair and i said gentle one ah how beautiful this gift you reflect the heart of god in this because he is gentle it's not weakness it's not like the gift that it's it's like the gift that michael aria had in blindsight you know that movie blindsight gentle but fiercely protective you are a gentleman you see and you bring honour. Your wife and your children will both speak of you saying he was the best husband and father ever. I sense you to come alongside other leaders, laying down your life in serving and giving and giving, you, uh, giving your strength. And he just sort of quietly sat there, nodded and just kind of received the word. I guess it, there wasn't any, any exchange between us beyond that. A few days later, I think I might have heard someone kind of gasp a little bit when I kind of shared that. A few days later, I was talking with Journey and I discovered like he was homeschooled and his mum was a particularly violent mother. And every time that Journey would get things wrong, she would grab him by the back of the head, his head on the table, wrong, and just smoke him, you know, give him a good belting. And so he... He, he just had all this fear that he was going to be like that as a parent, yeah? He's like, this is kind of what happened in my life. My mum used to belt me. And so, like, he was just carrying this fear that he was going to be a similar kind of 
father, you know. So I didn't know journey really from a bar of soap, right? I just asked the Lord to speak. And that's what I felt like God gave me. And it, it was a word for him. You're going to be gentle. You're going to be a gentle father. You're going to be a protector. God was taking all of that violent past and history and redeeming it, yeah? And it's not like to big note myself, but just a willingness to stop and to listen and pull my pen out and just begin to write. I don't think, Lockie's not here today, is he? I don't think he would mind sharing, but Lockie pulled me into the side room here maybe a year ago now, and a similar scenario, Shane and Christy were leading the Seeds Youth, and they'd asked us, a few of us, to, to pray over the group as they were gathering for leadership um, uh, time down in Goolwood. And so, same kind of thing, like I just stopped and waited and listened to the Lord, and, um, and I wrote something, I have no recollection what I wrote uh, about Lockie, yeah? But he pulled me into the side room and he, he teared up and he said, you have no idea, Dave. He said, I was suicidal. I actually felt like my life had nowhere to go. And that word brought me so much life. And I just want to say thank you for that. I have no, you know, no recollection. But God wants to speak. And, and the, first, the first port of call is just to be willing, to have a, 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 an attitude of faith that says he does want to speak, and then to have a crack, yeah? So... My first encouragement to you in terms of journaling is to listen, yeah? Um, we're not super good at it. I'm not. I've had to really work at listening. I, when I was in year 10, we kind of had our graduation in year 10, more so than year 12. My, my maths teacher was the one who gave me a gift and I got given an ox tongue. And the, the reason I was given an ox tongue is because I had a flappy tongue and I just talked a lot. And that was his sarcastic gift to me. Um, I was the kid at the back of the class, just, you know, gassing all the time. So stopping and listening to the Lord or stopping and listening to others is actually a discipline for me. But God wants to speak to you, yeah? He really does. But we've got to be willing to slow down and to stop and to hear what he has to say, yeah? So as a, as a point of application this morning, rather than me just using my ox tongue, we're going to stop. For a couple of minutes now. Have you, have you all got journals or pieces of paper? Yeah? All I want you to do is just pray a simple prayer. Lord, speak to me. And I want you to write in the first person. Now, I'm going to give you a transparent example of this. Um, there's plenty of stuff that I would never let you read in my journals. But I'm just going to give you a, uh, a little glimpse here this morning of just what I write now. You know, if you're wondering about whether or not you're hearing God's voice, do you think it should line up with Scripture? Like if the Lord says to you, well, there's some dude in Aldinga who I'm not happy with and I need you to go and smite him from the earth, you may just question whether or not that's actually the voice of the Lord. This was um, April 21, 2020, uh, last year. This was it. I just wrote listening, colon. Good morning, my son. This is God speaking to me. I love you so much, and I am with you, even in conviction with you, drawing you near, calling you into the fullness of my love. Well done for pursuing counselling. I was pursuing counselling at this point. I will continue to breathe on this as you show humility. No, my word does not return void. So my promises to you will be fulfilled, every single one of them. I want you to continue down this path, be faithful in the small, show up, show kindness, listen more than you speak, and forgive easily. That's what I felt like the Lord spoke to me that morning. Do you think that lines up with Scripture, generally speaking? Yeah. So that's just an example from my journal, and I just want you to take five minutes now. Just invite the Holy Spirit to speak and use your pen to write what you believe he wants to say. Go for it. Okay. Now, if we have more time, I could ask around a little bit and say, how, how was that, you know? My guess would be that for some of you that was not easy. Might have had a few second-guessing moments and questions about whether or not you could hear God. Others, you might have started writing and felt like the turbo boost on your pen and you've got a lot to, to write. Um... There's two things, again, I just want to emphasise, I guess, in that process. The first is listening. 
Yeah? Just really important that we, in a world that's really, really noisy, yeah? That we can slow down and, and stop and listen and hear what God is saying. And sometimes God, I just was sitting in my lounge room the other morning having some quiet time. That's why it's important, I think, sometimes that we carve out time. It's not like, again, it's just a discipline. It's not the be-all and the end-all that, you know, if you have lots of quiet time and you're more spiritual than the next guy. But I was just sitting there and I could just hear the birds. You know, just chirping away. And I just felt like God was speaking to me through the birds, you know. And so I began to write. God's voice. Do you hear those birds? That's, they're, they're cheerful. They, they know that there's nothing to worry about. There's provision. They're happy. They're just enjoying today. Does it sound like any, anywhere you might have read something somewhere? Yeah, along the lines of scripture. Just giving God time to speak to me. So giving space to listen in our relationship with God. And God may speak to you in lots of different ways. Some of you is going to speak to you through nature. Some of it's some of you love to study. Yeah? Who's who's a studier? Yeah, like you love like really getting into scripture and delving into topics and you're on Wikipedia like, yeah, man, geeking out on stuff and you're studying. And God begins to speak to you. You're like like about stuff. Um, God God is God, right? He can speak to you any way he actually wants. He spoke through a donkey, right? So he can speak to you. So it might be he speaks to you through, through a best mate, a relationship, a friend. It, it may be a dynamic prophetic word, the way that he speaks to you. But, you know, like we want to have hearts that are postured to where we're listening. It's really exciting. Yeah. So in my journals, um, when, I'm, when I'm writing, I indent where I, where I um, feel like God's speaking to me. Yeah. And... You know, so I thumb back through my journals periodically and I'll just read and just get a sense of what God might have been speaking at that particular time. Do you know where I go the most? Right there. Back to what I felt like God was speaking. Yeah. Sarah, my magnificent daughter here, I don't know if you've all had a chance to meet her, but you should because she's awesome. Yeah, she's like, thank you, Dad, for highlighting it. Um, Sarah was born into, uh, like we were part of YWAM back in the day, and Sarah was born... Um, up in Townsville and we used to go camping all the time and we had this huge gathering of young people there must have been like I don't know 100, 120, 130 young people and we had a dedication service for Sarah so you can just imagine like a bunch of you guys times five as many, five times as many and we all just gathered around little Sarah she's like one not even and we prayed and just words were given and spoken over her all of those words got written down and kept yeah and I believe, like the Lord was speaking over her life, and I believe that those words are coming true in her life, yeah? The promises of God do not return void, yeah? So throughout Scripture, you're going to see God speaking, saying, yeah, go back to my word, go back to what I have said, yeah? So we're returning to what he says here, but if you can discipline yourself to actually listen to what the Lord has to say, you'll you'll be able to return to those words. When things get difficult, you can go back and go, hang on a second, this is what the Lord spoke. This is the truth. Nick preached a great sermon on Sunday along these lines. Like you, you'll see the psalmist, right? And we can be thankful for people journaling. I'm convinced that it was papyrus font and they were journaling in the psalm because it's written down, yeah? The psalms are somebody's journal, yeah? I think... I don't quite know how it all worked. I'm just picturing David out there with his little harp, jazzing it up, Psalm 23. And then he's like, did he, I don't know, did he have a piece of bark? Yeah, he's just like, oh, Lord, you're my shepherd. I don't quite know how he did it, you know. Um, I think later on, I'm not a big scholar in terms of the Bible, but I think later on he might have... Um, uh, gotten scribes to write his psalms, and maybe it was later that he was then reflecting back, and he, you know, the psalms were written. But my my hunch is that he had some kind of charcoal and a tablet. I don't, I don't know if you've ever thought about it. I haven't given a lot of thought. But the point is, he wrote it down. Yeah, he actually journaled what was going on in his life, and millennia later, those journals became scripture and became a blessing to us. Yeah. I'm so grateful for that. I went through the most difficult season of my life 
a couple of years ago. It's continued to be, in a lot of respects, one of the most painful and difficult seasons for my life, in my life and my family, um, in my family's life. And this is where I went and camped every single day. I just went into the Psalms and I just opened them up. You know, they reckon that two-thirds of the Psalms are laments. Yeah, just people pouring their lives out, being real, being honest. I almost feel like there should be, should be swear words sometimes in the Psalms. Have a listen to this. This is Psalm 102. The, the title says, A prayer for those who are overwhelmed and for all the discouraged who come to pour their hearts out before the Lord. Has anyone here felt overwhelmed before? Is anyone feeling overwhelmed at the moment? Be honest. Yeah? Has anyone felt discouraged before? Yeah? They come to pour out their hearts. It's kind of like a nice Christianese term, right? I've never really, you know, pour out my heart. What does it mean, really? You know? Pour out my heart. I like to sing the song. It's, it's, I don't know, it's just being raw, right? It's kind of just like a big milk jug of bleh. Out it comes, right? Lord, listen to my prayer. Listen to my cry for help. You can't hide your face from me in the day of my distress. Stoop down to hear my prayer and answer me quickly, Lord, for my days of happiness have gone up in smoke. My body is raging with fever. My heart is sick. I'm consumed by this illness, withered like a dead leaf, and I can't even eat. Merry Christmas. I'm nothing but skin and bones. Nothing's left of me but whispered groans. I'm depressed, lonely, forgotten, and abandoned. Praise the Lord. Yeah? Happy words from the psalmist. I'm depressed, lonely, forgotten, and abandoned. Have you ever felt any of those emotions? I'm sleepless, shivering in the cold, forlorn, and friendless, like a lonely bird on the, de- on, on the rooftop. Basically, picture a crow. Just on the roof. My every enemy mocks and insults me incessantly. They even use my name as a curse to speak over others. You, David. Because of your great and furious anger against me, all I do is suffer with sorrow, with nothing to eat but a mole. A mole. <laughs> a, a mole. I've never eaten a mole. Now he's looking for the burrowing kind or... <laughs> With nothing to eat but a meal of mourning. My, my crying fills my cup with salty tears. In your wrath you've rejected me, sweeping me away like the dirt on the floor. My days are marked by the lengthening shadows of death. I'm withering away and there's nothing left of me. How is that for some good reading? Yeah? I feel like if you could kind of paraphrase that into today... It'd just be like either heavy metal, salty tears, I am a bird alone on a roof. Do you know what I mean? It'd just be like, heavy. Right? Or Missy Higgins singing some like lament. Yeah, the salty tears. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just, it's, that's just dark, right? And I'm like, to some extent, I could take you to Psalms, and they don't even resolve. They just <laughs> end. <laughs> now, Nick, I'm, I'm highlighting Nick, he preached an incredible word on Sunday because a lot of them do. This one does, right? You, you work your way, you're 11 verses deep, and it's dark, mate. You're like, <laughs> and, th- and then he goes, but then I remember. Yeah? But then I remember. There's a lot of power in those words right there, four words. But then I remember. You can stop sometimes and you can look back and go, giddy up, dude. I know that God did that. And I know that he did that. And I know he was there for that situation. I saw him be faithful here and here and here and here. Yeah? Then I remember that you, oh Lord, so there is that shift, right? Sit enthroned as king over all. Sovereignty. A God who can weave any situation for his good. Yeah? That's his promise. All situations. I can take anything and I can work it together for good for those that love him. The fame of your name will be revealed to every nation. I know that you are about to arise and show your tender love 
Now is the time, Lord. Old mate's like, now, please, not next year. Now is the time. It's bold, yeah? I circled it. I'm like, it's bold. Now, for your compassion, your mercy to be poured out. The appointed time has come. This guy's like prophesying to the Lord. The time's now, Lord. Just letting you know. It's not next time. You're sovereign, but this is when it needs to happen. Yeah, and, and, and again, it, it, on, on it goes. And there's some beautiful stuff in here. Psalm 102. He responds to the prayer of the poor and the broken. He will not despise the cry of the homeless. Write all this down for the coming generation. That's you. This was written for us, yeah? To, so recreated people will read it and they will praise the Lord. Yeah? Tell them how Yah looked down from his high and lofty place, gazing from his glory to survey the earth. He listened to all the groaning of his people, longing to be free, and he set loose the sons of death to experience life. Yeah? So I spent just countless hours reading Psalms. Bill Johnson says, if you don't know where to start sometimes and you're just like kind of at, at your wit's end, just open up the Psalms and start reading them until one resonates with you. I have found consistently, often it's like two psalms in and something is jumping out to me. Why? Because it's real and it's raw. It's relatable. Yeah? You know, heaven forbid that we, we get real and, and raw and relatable in our Christian walk, right? Instead of the facade. So we live in a world now which is pretty facade based. Let's be honest. I was just chatting to Maddie earlier on. Mate of mine just got married in Peru. Yeah? Awesome. Everyone wants to get married in Peru, right? Giddy up. And what struck me, though, was like, it's like Instagram, ding, 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 you know, all the stories and, you know, little squiggles and woohoo and smileys and stuff and Instagram story and, you know, glory filter or whatever they have on the Instagram. Just talk to Beth, she knows all about that. And, but what's, what struck me, though, was like, like, I, I don't really know anything about Peru. I don't know if you do. But like, to me, I think about mountains and like Inca people and stuff and Probably like most people think Australia's just got skippies jumping around all over the place. But the, the penetration of Instagram, like Mark Zuckerberg's hanging out in, in Peru. Everyone's like ding, 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 selfies and taking shots and stuff. And we just live in this world that's just so like presentable, yeah? You've got to present a certain way. And you know, that, yeah, there's the whole like, okay, no filter here and stuff. And we kind of, but, but there's so much pretense and so much like that's, that's coaxing us into not being who we are. And I would hesitate to say, I wouldn't hesitate to say, that that's very true in the church too, yeah? We roll on in. How you going, Matt? How's your week? Yeah, good, mate. It's been a great week. Been good, yeah? Oh, good, great. What'd you get up to? Oh, yeah, watched a bit of footy and, you know, a bit of small talk and stuff. And we're not, you know, oh, actually, I did porn this last week, dude. It was actually a really tough week. And I just need to be really honest about that. Now, am I saying that you should just, you know, hey, would you like coffee? I did porn last week. Um, no, I'm not necessarily advocating for that. But, but real, raw, honest conversations about how we're going and, like, this is who I am. I'm not going to be pretentious about this stuff. It's really, really important. It's a journey I'm still on. And what God has taken me through a journey, this connected to, to journaling, is because even in my journal... I can hedge. Can you believe it? I can hedge. I can pretend. And I, who am I trying to kid? Not, not any of you. I'm like, oh, this sounds so good. When in reality, I'm like, no, no. No, 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 no. You need to... That's actually what you thought about. That's what you would, you know. Uh, oh, no one... Please do not lose your journal at Jetstar. Because if someone reads that, you're going to prison. <laughs> right? If you're getting honest, really. But what God has, wanted, has taken me on a process is a fantastic book that you could read by David Benner. He's a Canadian Christian psychologist called The Gift of Loving Yourself. Really, really good book. And he, what he advocates in that is about being honest with yourself and learning actually to love yourself, love your neighbour as yourself. We live in this world of self-love and blah, blah, blah. But actually, we're meant to love ourselves. We're meant to understand how God loves us 
And what God has taken me through a process of is understanding he loves my ugly bits. Yeah? Because what we think is that we need to present a certain thing to the Lord. Yeah? So when I'm fasting, praying, journaling, listening to the birds speaking, God's like, you're so good, Dave. You're awesome. You know? And then when I looked at someone the wrong way or I had that dark, judgmental and cynical look or I've walked for weeks in a spirit of unforgiveness towards someone, God's just like, I am going to spank your ass, mate. Is it, can anybody relate to that? Are you with me? Like, I grew up like that. I grew up with a very strict father in particular, and the parenting style was they'd actually listen to a guy who taught, and he said, if you want to teach your kids how to hear and obey the voice of God, what you need to do is put a wooden spoon in every single bedroom or every single room of the house, and when they disobey and they step out of line, yeah, because then they'll learn, ah, right, okay, I've heard... My mum and dad have told me I need to obey. So that's how it is with God, right? You learn. God's like got a big wooden spoon. Gives you a stick. Yeah? Awesome. So you might say, well, that's a little bit ridiculous theology. But I have literally battled with that kind of theology my whole life. That when I step out, when I aren't ticking all the boxes, ding, 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 ding. God's just subtly not stoked on who I am. But God actually wants me to be real and raw and honest. And he wants to show me that he loves me in those places too. That is why Jesus came. Yeah? That's why he hung on the cross and he said, Father, forgive them. Yeah? Real, raw, honest. He wants to love you in that place. So for me, journaling is about getting real, about getting honest with yourself. Can you be honest with yourself? Are you self-aware? Yeah? We talk about people who are not self-aware. They just don't actually know what's going on. Yeah? It's one of the most critical things that you can have is self-awareness. So when someone says to you, how are you doing? Can you actually meaningfully reflect on that and, and be honest? Yeah? Journaling is a fantastic way to do that. So... Um, The Psalms are full of emotion, yeah? I love it. I'm emotional. I, um, you know, I lead worship. I love music, you know, like, you love music. Like, I love Missy Higgins, right? Like, I, just her music. I was listening to some of her, like, more political stuff this last week. What she's singing about, like, have you heard that song, Canada? Where she's singing about, the, remember that, um, I, I believe he was Serbian, the young boy that drowned on the beach? And Missy's singing about him, and she's like, like, Canada, you're meant to open up your borders and stuff. She's singing, and I'm like, I'm working out on a construction site with 80 guys, listening to Missy. <laughs> I'm like crying, basically, you know, not show, trying to show too many tears. But, like, it's emotional. It's like, it, like, taps into something deep within me. Like, it's, it's this, and, and I felt really, like, connected to God in those moments. It's like I'm tapping into an understanding something of God's heart in those moments. Like, that's what the Psalms are. They're full of emotion. And emotions are not bad, okay? People say, oh, you're so emotional. Well, there's nothing necessarily wrong with emotion, right? Emotions are very often pointing to deeper things that are going on within you, yeah? I'll just keep linking it back to the journaling because so emotions are going to point to deeper needs, God wants to meet you and meet your needs. And I don't necessarily believe that God is basically calling us to be Coptic Egyptian monks and, you know, we're just going to cruise out into the desert and, you know, it's all good. God will meet all my, my every need, you know. Like God meets our needs through people around us. There are things that he will meet you in, in your own way. But this is where God wants to be. And if your needs aren't getting met, what happens? Life sucks, right? Like when you're, when you're younger, like I think about my youngest daughter, Phoenix, like if, if her needs aren't getting met, like if she's not getting fed or whatever, she's like, I'm hungry. 
it's just straight up, you know, like there's not really a big filter on it. Like my need is getting met, you know? And what is the emotion? Mixture of anger and frustration. But the reality is like she's this little, you know, energized little kid who if she doesn't eat, she basically starts getting annoyed, yeah? So the emotion is just pointing to a deeper need. So don't be afraid of your emotions. Like if you're journaling about stuff, like understand what's going on. You feel angry. It's probably pointing to a deeper need. It might be pointing to something really significantly important to you. It might be an issue of justice. And you're like, son of a nutcracker, dude. Like, I'm not happy about that. You know? So the anger's like boiling away. Like, you can see that through Psalms, right? David's like, Lord, I want you to take your hand and I want you to kill those guys. Kill them. Wipe them off the face of the earth. Smite their memory. I want them gone. A little bit of anger? For sure. Yeah? If you, if, you, if you open up the Psalms, you're going to see a lot of emotion there. But it's really important to understand what's going on at a deeper level. Yeah. So it, it's probably just an encouragement for you guys today. I want you guys to be people who are aware of what's going on within your heart. God wants to walk intimately with us. He wants to connect with us. Journaling is a mechanism of doing that. Yeah. It's a space where we can... Um, we can get real, we can get honest, we can listen to what he has to say, and we can actually walk in this beautiful, intimate relationship with him. I was praying for you guys. I won't speak much longer. I want to just encourage us to actually just take another couple of minutes to do this. This, this was my prayer this morning. Okay, what are, you, what are you wanting to speak to these guys? And I felt like he said, I want these beautiful kids to know I'm smiling on them today. That I invite them into the most magnificent relationship of their lives. That I want to walk with, with them every single day just as I did with Moses. He didn't think he had much to offer by the time he'd reached the end of the desert. But I was just beginning. Some of you may feel like you're in a desert season. Maybe you feel like you've been in a protracted desert season. Maybe you don't feel like you've got anything to give. But God wants you to know he's just beginning. Psalm 25, verse 4, I wrote this down for you guys today. Lord, direct me through my journey so I can experience your plans for my life. Can you please say, sign me up? Direct me through my journey so I can experience your plans for my life. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Be good. Yeah. He wants to reveal the paths that are pleasing to you. In this life, you're going to have struggle and pain, but the Lord wants to say that he will be with you and he will take everything that you have experienced and make something beautiful from it. Like a tapestry that needs dark threads for contrast, he will use every aspect of your life to display his goodness and his glory. So as another form of application, because sometimes we just need to apply things, I want you to just take a couple of minutes now and just be honest with the Lord. Where are you at? How are you doing? Really, really, really honestly. You might be stoked off your nana right now. You might be really doing well. So I'm not inferring that you, you know, actually you're in a deep valley, mate. Like you may be doing incredibly well and that's, that's fantastic. But just take a few minutes to just get real with the Lord and use, use language as part of the gift of language. God said to Adam and Eve, I want you to describe that thing. And they're like, well, it looks like a zebra. Mm, okay. They're just words have meaning and they help us to define things. Yeah. So use your words and describe how you're doing and be real and be raw with the Lord. And just, just, just a, a, an a, a action or an a, a application of just being honest with him in the conversation. Take a couple of minutes to do that. And I've got a couple of final thoughts. Yeah, go for it. All right. Just ask you to close your eyes. And I want you to imagine that these words I'm reading are your words to the Lord. Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. 
You've examined my innermost being with your loving gaze. You perceive every movement of my heart and my soul. And you understand my every thought before it even enters my mind. You are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book. And you know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. You know every step I'll take before my journey even begins. You've gone into my future to prepare the way. And in kindness, you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. With your hand of love upon my life, you impart a father's blessing to me. It's just too wonderful, deep and incomprehensible. Your understanding of me brings me wonder and strength. Where could I go from your spirit? Where could I run and hide from your face? If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the realms of the dead, you're there too. If I fly with wings into the shining dawn, you're there. If I fly into the radiant sunset, you're there waiting. Wherever I go, your hand will guide me. Your strength will empower me. Thank you, Father, that you know us so well. Thank you that everything you have in front of us is good. Do you help us to stay real? To hear what you have to say about our lives? To be an intimate step with you, Lord. I thank you for every person here. and um, You know exactly where they're at right now. You know what they need. And I pray that there would be a deepening communion with you. A deepening sense that you are with them. Um, intimately aware of their concerns, their cares, um, and just that they would be so cognizant of your love for them. Amen. Bless you guys. Oh, hey, um, if you want to get a little bit more in touch with language, I've printed off um, a list of feelings. Feelings. Um, feelings when your needs are being met and feelings when your needs aren't being met. It's really important to be able to articulate what you're feeling sometimes, like in good relationships, you need to actually articulate instead of just having a cry about things and screaming or whatever. Or, you know, if your needs are being met, to articulate that as well. So there's feelings, and here are a list of needs. And it's really helpful stuff to actually to, to be connected to, particularly in your relationship with God and your most intimate relationships. Good yeah. Over to you, Shannon.